Hallelujah. Amen. At the beginning of the year, we started talking about a subject. We said um, divine presence. And in Exodus chapter 33, verse 14, God said that my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Hallelujah. My presence will go with you and I will give you what? Rest. When God's presence is with us, he will give us rest. So everything we've talked about from January to now is really geared towards the presence of the Lord. And in this month we've started, or we, we said is the month of breaking strongholds. Amen. You cannot be in the presence of God and retain the strongholds that you came with. Hallelujah. I say you cannot be in the presence of God and go back the same. You cannot be in the presence of God and retain the strongholds that have kept you bound. Amen. So this, this uh, for the next few Sundays that we have, we'll be talking about breaking strongholds. What are strongholds? How do they come about? And how can they be broken? We'll talk about these things. I want you to turn your Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. We're going to read 3 to 6. And then we'll move from there to Judges chapter 6 verse 11 to 15. That will be our case study for this morning. Is that okay? Is that okay? All right. So let's get to work. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when our obedience is Fulfilled. Hallelujah. Judges chapter 6, 11 to 15. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat down, sat under the Tibernet tree, which was in Ophrah, not Oprah, Ophrah, which belonged or belonged to Joash, the Abysrite. While his son Gideon threshed wheat in the vine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about? Saying, Did he? Not the Lord bring us up from Egypt. And now, but now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in, the, in Manasseh, And I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Hallelujah. Here ends the reading of his holy word. 
So I was trying to get this all out, all the scriptures, so that we can start. Amen. But let's go back to the first scripture that we read, which is in 2 Corinthians 10. Paul was writing to the church in Corinth, and Paul said that though we live in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Then he went on to say that for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God for the pulling down of what? Strongholds. Casting down every imagination, every vain thing that lifts up itself against the knowledge of God. Hallelujah. Now, let me give you a little background. Is that okay? I'll give you a little background to this particular scripture. Why? Why? Paul wrote what he wrote. What's the context, the pretext of the context of the text? That's the backdrop of of which this this canvas was painted. Amen. Now, Paul was saying to a church that had a certain mental blockage. They had a certain mental block. Now, the church in Corinth, if you read the whole book of uh, uh, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, you see that that church was the only church that was full of spiritual insights. They were given spiritual uh, 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 principles. They were the ones that were taught what speaking in tongues would do and, and, and how spiritual gifts can be operated, all those type of things. Because the church was a certain church that was very, very uh, adept in the spiritual gifts and spiritual things of God. Yet, the church manifested a certain attitude and behavior. The church manifested a certain attitude of immaturity. So Paul at the point was saying to him, are you not carnal? There's fornication issues going on. There's people, there's so much. The house of Chloe has reported to me there are divisions among you. There are isms and schisms in the church. These are happening in the church. A church that is supposed to have so much spiritual giftings. And yet, the church cannot operate in the level that God has destined for them to operate because they had a mental blockage. Uh, Are you okay with me? It's just like all of us, all the churches you can think of today. You realize that every church that was spoken about in the Bible, especially in uh, Revelation 2 and 3, all the churches in Smyrna, in Philadelphia, in uh, Pergamos, in Sardis, all those type of churches, the attitude of the, uh, of the city that the church was in affected the church. Because the attitude was a stronghold that they came from home with into the house of God. And it was not easy to operate a certain different, uh, uh, a certain different level and scale in the house of God, if the stronghold that you came from home is still working. Ah, have I lost you yet? Are you okay with me? The way you are looking at me, I'm getting worried. I, I really want you to understand. I'm not in a hurry. I will stay on this point till you understand. So, because everything that we are going to build on is going to build, be built on this foundation. So, you need to understand this foundation. Are you with me? That a, a stronghold is like a prison without walls. It's like ropes that are tied 
to your, your leg that are tied to you that you can move up to this point. You can move. Have you seen the tie like a, the tie like a horse or the tie a goat or the tie a, a dog by, by, by the leash? And it can only move up to this point and move up to that point. It cannot go beyond it. So now the wealth of that horse or that animal is now reduced to the extent to which the rope allows it to go. That is what mental strongholds is. You are only allowed to operate as far as the leash allows you to go. So it doesn't matter how much anointing. It doesn't matter how much power. It doesn't uh, 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 matter how much grace is upon you. You are limited by the, the, the stronghold that has held you bound. Uh, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. And, and, and if that stronghold is not broken, you cannot operate beyond it. So Paul was telling the church in Corinth that, listen, your greatest enemy is not Satan. Your greatest enemy is not, is not uh, the government or, or the one that you think is a witch. He says that so though you walk in the flesh, you do not war after the flesh. You have an enemy that you need to be fighting. That enemy that you need to be fighting is not an enemy that you can see. In fact, the enemy lives within you. The enemy lives in between your ears. Uh, am I okay? I'm reluctant to move on because I want you to understand before I go any further. You see, I said at the camp that for most of us, our actions, our actions is born out of our thinking. I think Proverbs 23, 7 says something like, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The way you think is what makes you. Am I, I, I making sense? Who you are is a result of how you think. But can I move it a little bit that how you think is made up out of 70% your unconscious thinking and 30% your conscious thinking. Amen. 70% is made out of what? Unconscious thinking and 30% your conscious thinking. So everything that I'm doing, everything that I'm trying to do now is to try and uh, make you understand. And what you're understanding is using your 30%. So you go to school, it's your 30%. You read a book, it's your 30%. You, you acquire any knowledge, is what? The 30%. The 70%, which is the greater part of your thought pattern, is made up out of your upbringing as a baby, what was told you, what you grew up to see around your environment, the things that ha is always being said around you, the things that you always hear in the news and all those things. Those are very, and how many can sing a song that you never learned? Oh, a lot of the time. My 
You know, sometimes you take, you take like an old, you know, like old, old songs. And you can sing from head to toe, head to toe. And there are so many songs. And you can sing and you never learn the lyrics. But they are in your head. Because you heard it so many times that it entered into the 70%. Am I making sense? So the 70% is really you. This, could this explain the reason why in most um, developing countries, like African countries, Caribbean countries, they, 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 they are so churched. They, they know God, they believe God, they pray to God and everything. They go to uh, church, they are told, do not do commit, uh, uh, what do you call it, fraud. Don't do anything illegal. But Monday, they find themselves taking bribe. Oh, I lost the church. Help, help me, Lord. I lost the church. I lost the church. I lost the church. Can I try again? Uh, you, you, you see that most of these countries, they are, they are, their whole life is out of survival. Are you with me? The mentality that you came to meet when you have a little baby, before you could really think for yourself, it, it was told you that we need to survive. So even in your eating, it's all about survival. That is why you like more carbohydrates than protein. It looks like I'm, I'm losing the church. It looks like... <laughs> uh, I don't know whether to come and hide behind the, <laughs> the, the pulpit again. Have you not realized that you, you, somebody has been to school as is now a PhD holder, graduate, that all that. But consciously, when you take them to a buffet, it's like more rice, more, uh, what do you call it? Pasta, more chips before they think about no vegetables. Uh, 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 they think about meat. There's no vegetables. There is nothing. No salad. How many understand what I'm saying? And you wonder, that same person, is his colleague is somebody who was born and bred and grew in a different part of the world. To them, it's about quality, not quantity. So they want to enjoy the meal. They want to take, so they take a little bit of protein, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of that. And, and, and it's like their, 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 their plate looks so different from your plate. It's the 70% that is working. I say it's the 70% that is working. Hallelujah. Ask yourself, why do I think the way I think? Why do I behave the way I behave? It doesn't matter what message is preached to you. It doesn't matter who, is, who lays hands on you. Your, life, your mind is wired in a certain way. Some of us, our minds are wired negatively. Everything is negative. You can trace it back to your mother, your grandmother, your great-grandmother, your great-grandfather. You see that they were all negative, always suspicious of people. So you too, you become a very suspicious person. 
When somebody says, I love you, say, what do they want? How many not you, but you know somebody who knows somebody who knows what I'm talking about? So these are all the mental blocks. The prisons that we live in. These are all the cages that Satan has managed to put us in. So, so much so that the word of God is not having preeminence. That is the reason why you've been in church all this while. But your behavior is not any dif- different from your brother who doesn't go to church. Because you are brought up together. Your behavior, your thought pattern is the 70%. Occasionally, you let your 30% kick in to, to, to rein your 70% in. But your default setting is the 70%. No? I've lost the church. I'm trying to look for my church again. <laughs> Let me try and find a church before I continue because I think I've lost my church. Man, it's, it's like you look at your upbringing. People that are brought up from poverty, when they get more money, the way they behave. It's like the money is running away. <laughs> I'll give you, uh, uh, let me give you an example. Like, where I, I grew up in a certain house, by the grace of God, there was wealth. There was, like, cars was never a thing. In fact, I, I hate cars, or I hated cars as a child. Because for me, my job in the house was to wash the cars. Uh, Emmanuel, were you like? And the cars were a lot. Some were buses, some were cars. And it's like, you wash this car, you wash this car. You so hated cars. So up to now, if you ask me, what is your preference in car? I don't have one. Car is not something you can bluff me with. Because car was not anything. It was not a big deal in the house that I grew up in. Car is to move you from point A to point B comfortably. So, so long as it's comfortable and it can take me from here to here safely, I'm cool. But for those who car was a problem, you had to take a, a public bus. Now that you can afford a car, the car becomes your God. Every morning you have to Wash it. And you have to polish to see your face in the car. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? Because for you, it is like, it's a, like now, now that I have this, I have to show off. I have to cherish it. I have to, I have to. So your behavior is now actually being operated like, like the, puppet, the, the puppet master by your upbringing. By the things that were said to you, know that you are, uh, you don't have any backing. There is no, you don't have any uh, backbone. There's no father, there's no mother. So as you are going, be careful. Be very, very careful. Don't go and take friends. Don't have, how many got, um, <laughs> how many got advice like that? So now, all your actions are restricted to some of these 
um, advice that you got. <laughs> Hallelujah. Some of this advice you got is, is what has restricted you. Let me, let me go on and, and define strongholds properly, formally, then we can take off. Is that okay? So a stronghold is Are you okay with me so far? Yeah. All right. I'm happy that at least I've got you. A stronghold is a yoke on the neck that controls and steers us away from God. It aims at strangling the believer. How many have seen? Can you get a picture of um, maybe a horse on a whose neck has been put on a leash or something? Or a dog or anything like that. It aims at strangling the believer, destroying our faith, making our lives unfulfilled, unfruitful, and ineffective. I'll read it again, don't worry. A stronghold is a yoke on the neck that controls and steers us away from God. It's aimed, it's, it aims at strangling the believer, destroying our faith, making our lives unfulfilled, unfruitful, and ineffective. Yeah. All right. So how many will agree with me that this horse's wealth is reduced? How many know that horses are meant to run? Horses are meant to roam freely and run freely. The wealth of a horse cannot be limited. Go back, keep the picture on consistently. The, 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 the wealth of a horse is not supposed to be one, three, four, five, four steps to the left, four steps to the right. That yoke on the neck of the horse makes the horse believe that the freedom that it God has given doesn't exist. How many understand what I'm saying? The faith. You see, faith is something you haven't seen, but you believe. But a yoke on your neck will say that faith doesn't exist. Because you've never seen it in your, in your life. You've never seen it in your parents' life. You've never seen it in the environment you grew up. So how do you believe it? Could it be the reason why most let me choose my words carefully. Most third world children don't invent things. How many? No, I don't talk about. And most kids that are born in a certain environment, they invent things because they are free to think, they are free to play with toys, they are free to play with things and come up with different things but you as soon as you start playing with Thursday leave it and go and read your books you are preaching you are preaching you are preaching so leave it and go and read your books leave it because the whole your whole life is that go and get the education get a job wear a tie sit in a room get paid weekly monthly you know and that that is what they they they, they term to be Success and then retire gracefully and wrote one corner 
and die. How many understand what I'm saying? But in a certain world, it's like you can become anything you want to become. So a child will take a toy, will take the toy apart. The parents will see the child taking the toy. It's like, like, not say anything. Then the child will try and put the toy back. You know, and all that the child is learning engineering. The child is learning how to make things. The child is, you know what, there's a place where the mental block is that go and get education. You know, that's the natural state of a horse. A natural state of a horse is that it roams and runs freely. But the stronghold has changed the world of that horse into a restricted movement so that faith doesn't work anymore. And we know that the victory that overcomes the world, according to 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, is that anyone that is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even what? Our faith. Your faith is what makes you an overcomer. But if a stronghold has chucked you and put you in a stable, then your faith doesn't work, which means that you are a defeated person. Am I making sense? So the, our, greatest, our greatest enemy is not Satan. Our greatest enemy is the way we think. And the way we think is not good. Let me give you a few more definitions. I have, I have a few more. Today, I, um, if it means just definition, we'll go home, it's fine. So, strongholds refers to, directly to the mind, which is located in your soul. So, when we talk about strongholds, please don't think about some dim, some uh, witch somewhere, or some wizard somewhere. Don't think about some god, little god somewhere. A stronghold is something that is in your head. It is born out of, you know, a man is a spirit and he has a soul and he lives in the body. The soul is the place where you think. The soul is the place where you feel. So what you think and what you feel is what really drives you. Amen. Now, the word stronghold in the Greek, so according to the, uh, the Greek rendition of what um, we read in 2 uh, second, second Corinthians 10, 4, is the word okurama. That's O-C-H-U-R-O-M-A. Which means fortified or a military fortress. So it means that your mindset or your, the stronghold of your mind is fortified. All that I'm saying today, I am barely touching your stronghold. Which means that after you live here, probability or chances are you will not change much. Because it is fort- it's well guarded. There are people that are standing, soldiers that are standing on guard. Protecting protecting your stronghold. So as I'm talking and you you can see the stronghold, you are seeing it here now. But as soon as you walk out of the door, you will not see what I'm saying. The stronghold will say that it will not remind you of what I'm saying. 
So that given the opportunity to do something, you do what you default to. Am I, are you getting what I'm saying? It, it is fortified, a stronghold. The Okurama means that it's a military place. It's a military camp. How many have seen a military camp before? You cannot just easily walk into a military camp. There are checkpoints. There are centuries that stand on guard. See, as I was talking about this for your mind, what is this guy saying? Is he saying that we shouldn't uh, 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 go to school? That is the century. The century is saying, open a boot. Let's see what's in there. What do you want here? What are you coming here for? Who do you want to see? What appointment have you got? You know how they talk when they come to, you come to the barrier where you want to enter. So it's like your mind is questioning everything I'm saying. Because I am trying to touch your stronghold. And you're not comfortable. How many are getting what I'm saying? You're not comfortable. For some of us, we were told you you are not pretty. You you are not clever. You you will not achieve much. As for you, you are dull. As for you, you are dense. They said it in ignorance, but it forms a stronghold. And then your future is now based on that. So here's this girl who is now married. Remember she was told that she's not pretty. No man will marry you. Nobody likes you. And then by the grace of God, this girl becomes a wife. Mrs. Prinkinston. Married to Mr. Prinkinston. Very, very noble man. And everything. Now, every time Mr. Prinkinston puts his phone down, Mrs. Prinkinston keep want to open the phone to see whether Mr. Prinkinston has got a girl. Because in the back of her mind, she's not pretty. No man will like her. So this man that has liked her, what's the reason? Is there somebody else there? Is there somebody? So it's like when the man says anything, you, you, you are suspicious and you're always trying to, and some of these women will will go at it till they destroy their marriages. How many know what I'm talking about? And it's all started from when they were little and what they were told. There are some too that they are told that you are so beautiful. The man will marry you. You are so clever. The man will marry you. He's the most blessed man in the world. So now this guy becomes very proud. Very, very proud and arrogant. And will not behave herself properly. And before she realizes, she has destroyed her marriage. Because of that. I think I'm preaching to the wrong church. How many understand what I'm saying? Strongholds are leeches that are, are holding you. The leash that is holding you, that doesn't make you go beyond. It makes you behave awkwardly. How many know that this horse is awkward? A horse, a wild horse, you can't just go and sit on it. 
in fact, to break a horse in, the amount of, you need an expert. Because when you sit on a wild horse, the, the way the horse will behave, you can't. But uh, the horse on the leash is just waiting for you to sit on it. So as soon as you come and sit on it, then. That is not the real, the natural behavior of a horse. How many understand what I'm saying? So for most of us, our behavior is abnormal. Like the horse that is on the leash. As soon as somebody comes to sit on the horse, the horse will not ask, where are you going? Who are you? The horse is waiting to be sat on. The wild horse, first of all, you won't be, be able to catch it. And when you attempt to sit on the way to roll, roll you all off it and kick you, which is the natural state of a horse. So really, the horse, this is the natural state that has faith, that can do all things through Christ, that is, is, is not bound by any chain, that can do everything, but the horse on the leash. So the horse on the leash can say that I am free. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am, I am liberated. I am above only and not beneath. But guess what? It's not going anywhere. You are still tired. Amen. Oh, I said amen. Amen. Are you okay with me so far? All right. A stronghold in a person's mind is made out of your thought pattern. Which is easily, which is almost impossible to shake off or dismiss. How many of you know that when you, sometimes when you're around, your mind just thinks in a certain way? Negatively. Your mind is wired negatively. Your mind is in a certain way. A person with a mental stronghold finds it almost impossible to shake off or dismiss their thinking. It begins to overwhelm their minds to the point where they are controlled by it. If you are somebody who is controlled by fear, you, you think and make things make you overwhelms you and makes you afraid. You are always afraid. You begin to see things that are not there. How many know what I'm talking about? For instance, for instance, many of us grew up in places where we're told that a cemetery is a bad and a weird place. They are moving objects. There are evil things in a cemetery. There are a lot of stories in a cemetery. So, when you are walking, you are walking in a cemetery, you, 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 you begin to see things and hear things that are really not there. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, there are people 
that every Saturday, every Friday night, Saturday night, go to the cemetery to go and garden over their loved ones. And it doesn't matter what time of day. It could be evening. You see them there. They'll be doing, uh, putting different plants, taking the old plant out, there, putting different flowers. How many know what I'm talking about? Because they don't operate under the stronghold that you operate under. Meanwhile, you have a lot of tongues in your mouth. You have a lot of spirit in your mouth. You have a lot of power that will be able to fight any demon that will come. But you will not go near the cemetery. will not live next to the cemetery. They say that don't take a cab anywhere near the cemetery. <laughs> the person, you will the driver will be there, the driver disappeared, the car will be moving. <laughs> Hallelujah. So let's go back to judges. Now judges, here was the Midianites had become people that came to oppress Israel. Especially what the judges, what the Midianites uh, uh, specialized in was that they would only come in when the harvest season is there. When there's no harvest, they won't come. They come at the harvest, and they'll come and take all their food and go. When they try to fight, then they'll kill them. All right? So here's a case where Gideon was separating the wheat from the chaff in the threshing floor in his father's house. And as he was doing it, hiding from the Midianites, one when you are always being bullied, you become a victim. How many know that victims lend themselves to be bullied more? How many know what I'm talking about? Bullies, bullies always att- are attracted to victims. I don't know whether I'm making sense. It's like there's no label on your head to say that I am a victim. But your behavior and your mannerism lends itself towards bullies. So that bullies always find their targets. In a room like this, a bully will be attracted to the victim. No matter the size of the victim. There are others who don't have victim mentality. So it's very difficult for a bully. The bully will not be attracted to the person. I don't know whether I'm making sense. And because you have that victim mentality, your thinking is all geared towards seeing the, the, the bully as a god. So that you give the bully more strength than the bully uh, uh, has. And you take more power from you than you have to add to the bullies. A victim will never fight back. A victim always makes excuse for the bully. 
How many know what I'm talking about? And Victor said, oh, he's not always like that. It looks like I provoked him. That is why he behaves that way. No, 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 no. How many know that you, the day you decide that you will not you will tolerate this bully anymore, that's the last, because really, bullies are cowards. But I have, a, I have a certain knack for bullies. I'm attracted to bullies. I, I grew up, I grew up fighting bullies. I, I bullied the bullies. Because I was the last child in a house with over 14, 15 kids. In fact, at any one time, there were about 23 kids in the house, and I was the youngest. So I had to fight my way out. And from there, I decided that I will not allow, when I see anybody being bullied, I get angry. There's something in me that reminds me of my childhood and makes me come after you. Maybe that's my stronghold. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I just don't, can't stand bullies. And I, I know something, that bullies are really cowards. Yeah. Because when you stand up to a bully, they take, they take off. How I many know what I'm talking about? A bully will never ever pick the person their own size. And I'm not talking about size. Because sometimes there are women who are bullies and bully their husbands. But the husbands can't say anything. But the husbands are quiet. And the, that woman will never pick on somebody their size to fight. She always slap the man. All the, because you no, know, the man will not fight back. And the man will keep quiet. <laughs> who did you put? <laughs> Is she the victim or the bully? <laughs> don't be putting, when I say, I'm saying certain things, don't be putting people's picture on there. You make the, the people think that I'm talking about them. Dorothy is not like that. And you can't bully Dorothy. Amen. So, Gideon is a victim hiding away from the Midianites. How many are in the story? The Midianites were nowhere near. But his, his mannerism, his thought pattern, his behavior, and his actions were being... Uh, uh, what's the word? Directed uh, uh, and being like puppet, ma- puppet mastered by the Midianites who were nowhere in sight. They were nowhere near, but they were the reason why he was hiding his little wheat. So the angel of God comes and he says to uh, Gideon, Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. Say, who are you calling him mighty man of valor? Me. I'm not the mighty man. They say, if you are God, why have you not done what we, we heard your fathers, our fathers say? That you brought them out of Egypt, you conquered all these ites uh, and uh, Canaanites me and all these ites and brought them to the promised land. If it's God, it's God. Why are we hiding under Midianite oppression? 
Then the angel of God said that, go in this your strength. Go in this, why, why? Because of why genders you looking back at the problem? That's the first step to get out of strongholds. You need to identify the problem. So he was saying that, why, 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 why? So the angels are going, this is your strength. They say, in case you didn't know, I am from the household of the weakest in the family of Israel. And even in the weakest, I am the weakest of the weakest. So he said, you cannot employ me to go and do anything. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? Have I introduced the topic? Because I'm, I, I don't want to move on in case you don't understand. So, let, write this thing down. Stronghold affects your speech and communication. So, think about what you say. As for me, I'm not pretty. How many have default, some default statements that you make? You don't think, but you make them. As for me, I'm broke. As for me, I'm always broke. How many know what I'm talking about? Not you, but you know somebody who, who always says, as for me, I'm always broke. Or this is my sickness. A person strong, struggling with stronghold perspective perceives everything which happens to them through a twisted thought pattern. Everything that happens to you lends itself towards where your, your leaning is. It's happening to me because I'm not pretty. It's happening to me because nobody likes me. It's happening to me because everybody thinks I'm like this. How many know what I'm talking about? So everything that happens to you, it goes to reinforce and confirm the fact that this thing is, is what it is. Why will a whole country write a budget and a budget every year on year, the budget includes donor partners donating? I don't know why you are laughing. Yeah, it's like I, 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 I am making my budget, but I'm making money that my friends will dash me. The one that my cousin will send me. The one that my, my father in America will send me. How many know what I'm talking about? The one that was my cousin in Tokyo is going to send me money. Then I'll use it to add to my budget and do this and do that. That mindset is a broke mindset. That mindset is a poverty mindset. That mindset is a beggarly mindset. So you see that you are always begging. You're always begging. I don't know whether you've had friends like that. They always need something. Or maybe you are that friend. You're always borrowing things. 
You're always borrowing things from people. But how many know that you can live a fulfilled life without borrowing from anybody? And you can even live a better life by giving to people without taking. Does that mean that you have everything? No. In fact, life is designed in such a way that you never have everything you want. But your mindset must be that I am a giver, so I give. Because I read somewhere that it's more blessed to give than to receive. So my mindset is that I give. So the little I have, I share. Hallelujah. It's a mindset. The budget hasn't changed. Your income hasn't changed. But you can give to others. And you have the one who has the same budget, but is looking to people to give. Because it has a broke mentality. It's only a matter of time. The one who has a giving mentality will become more prosperous than the one who is a broke minded person who is always dependent on others. The reason why most people don't become successful in life is because of mental strongholds. Because it doesn't matter how much money we give you. If you give money to a broke person, the money will finish. If you give money to a rich, a, a wealthy-minded person, the money will increase. They said that if you take the whole world's wealth and redistribute it equitably, equally, everybody will end up with $10,000 or $100,000. Within five years, the money will recollect where it is now before the redistribution because of the mindset. That is why you always want to go and buy a name brand because you have a broke mindset. If the t-shirt hasn't got Hugo Boss, Gucci. Yesterday, was it yesterday we saw some man wearing Gucci? Aramani. Aramani. We saw a man in the list yesterday. He had <laughs> a slipper that they had written Aramani. Oh, this is my wife. She's like, Look at the man's shoe. <laughs> got a man on me too. I didn't know what, what she was talking about. So, so I, look at the man's shoe. So I also looked at the man's shoe. So Araman is hey. <laughs> so, as I looked, the man didn't understand what we say, but I saw it was like we're talking about. So he moved his leg. <laughs> oh, this is why she's somewhere. <laughs> The Amani, they put arrows between. <laughs> yeah, they change the they change the A and R. So it's a Aramani. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? Statistics say that the greatest purchases of consumables in America are young black men. So all the consumables you can think of, like jeans, t-shirts, trainers, you have a, 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 somebody who has 200 trainers. 
about 30 of them are all white. Different types of white. And they pride in things like that. Because it's a poverty mindset. Are you, are you with me? The, the rich man, the poor man says that let me get all the products from Amani. The rich man says that let me own the factory. Difference. One wants to buy the products. One wants to own the factory. So if I own the factory, the products are all included. So how does your mind wire? Amen. How, have you not realized that all these uh, Steve Jobs and things, they wear white t-shirts. Just white. And then jeans. So they don't spend time thinking about what to wear. You, you spend about 40 minutes in front of your wardrobe trying to combine clothes. That's a poverty mindset. Somebody's the rich man says that that 40 minutes I can create more wealth. So let me have all white shirts and blue shirts. So I have white shirt and blue shirt. Anytime you see me, it's either I'm in a white shirt or in a blue shirt. I have in a dark suit. Easy. End of story. So it doesn't take much time to get ready. That's why American presidents always have white shirt, blue shirt, black. Uh, Red tie, blue tie. That's it. And a dark suit. Dark blue suit. White shirt, blue shirt. You will never see an American president who has a, a like cream and a, with a, a tie, burgundy tie. With no, 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 no. How many have seen what I'm talking about? Because that is not priority. The stronghold makes you major or minor things and minor or major things. Have you understood it? Amen. All right. I think we are done for today. Or because I want to, let's look at this scripture. We can close with this. Isaiah 55, 5 to 9. Strongholds of a um, of the mind is a lie that Satan establishes in our thinking. It's a statement that we count as true, but actually they are false. So Isaiah 55.5 says, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Amen. Please take the unrighteous mind out of the sentence and put the man who has a stronghold, a negative stronghold. So the man who has a negative stronghold, the Bible is saying, God is saying to you, that, let this man forsake his thinking. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways your ways. Says the Lord, for us, the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. Amen. So God is saying that you need to forsake our thinking. 
forsake our thought pattern, our strongholds. I'm going to give you a homework. When you go home, make a list of some of the things that you, your, your, that you feel are strongholds in your life. How many can identify some in your life? The best way to find it, I'll show you the best way to find it. Go look at your parents. Look at your grandparents. Look at your upbringing, your background. Look at the people who come from your background, the way they think, the way they behave. It will show you the thought patterns I'm thinking about because we are creatures of our upbringing. Are you with me? So if you can see pride in your sisters, your brothers, your cousins, your, your uncle, your aunties, your grand aunties, your grandparents, it means pride is inside you. How many will do this homework? You won't do it. Huh? Oh. You will not do it. I'm leaving you early so you go and do the homework so the next week when you come. <laughs> Who are you submitting the assignment? To me. I'm going to mark it. So next week I'll mark. So the assignment is very easy. Write a few things that you think is a stronghold in your life. In your own life. And I'm showing you how to find those strongholds. Look at the pattern of your siblings. Pattern of your your friends, where you grew up, your parents, your grandparents, that is the stronghold I'm talking about. Because you see, your default setting is something that is so dear to you that sometimes you can't see it. How many know that the horse thinks that the greatest friend it has is the feeder of in, on the stable? Without realizing that the feeder of the stable is the one that has kept it bound. His greatest, this horse's greatest enemy is the feeder. The one that caught it from the, 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 the forest and brought it into the stable and put a, a, a rope around its, its mouth is the one that is supposed to be his greatest enemy. Meanwhile, this horse sees it, the person as the greatest friend. Until you identify your stronghold and the thing that is holding you strong, you cannot be liberated out of it. <laughs> 